With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Good evening and welcome to Sugar and Silk, brought to you exclusively by Ace Podcast Nation. My name is Ben Doughty. My name is Michael Silk Olajadeh. And we are joined by... My name is Ter- My name is Terrible Tim Witherspoon, former two-time heavyweight champion of the world. Good to see you again, Tim. It's been a, it's <laughs> it's been a minute. I know, but I've always been thinking about you guys. I've been, me and Mike been talking for, for a while. We've been yeah, we've yeah. been getting doing stuff together, you know. Yeah. Um, kind of feel good about it. Yeah, Tim, you okay, look let's... really good, man. Let me just say, you look really good. You look happy. Your face looks like you know. what I mean, you didn't get the wear and tear of boxing. I like that. Oh, thanks. I've been taking real quick. I've been taking all kind of um, you know, Brian been giving me all this stuff for my insides, my body. Like I've been taking smoothies. I feel so yeah. much better. I lost weight. I'm down to yeah. 239, first time in 50, in 40 years. Um, oh and I've been exercising. You know, we've been collaborating, trying to keep boxing on the right track. Yeah, you know, yeah. you too. Yep. I thank you. And you look good too. I think um, George Hansen Jr., the, the Philadelphia boxing guy, he always says that Tim just doesn't age. He just doesn't yeah. get any older. It's <laughs> I'm a old. bit like the Dorian I'm, Gray. I'm, you know, Dorian Gray kind of um, parable, where maybe Tim's got an oil painting somewhere in the basement, which is getting more and more decrepit as we speak. But the, but Tim is not reflecting any of the uh, the deg- you know the the, pro- the aging process at all. Either that, or he knows Faust. Yeah, but um, let's cut let's cut straight to the chase, guys. Uh, jumping straight in, I always like to talk to, about heavyweight to Tim. In fact, he's probably my number one authority to talk about heavyweight boxing with. I've got to say, last night Anthony Joshua decisioned. Jermaine Franklin at the O2 Arena in London. 12 rounds, tough fight, drew mixed reviews. I've got to be honest, I saw highlights because I was working last night and I can't find the full fight online. But I saw quite, I saw every round, excerpts of every round. I saw the story of the fight at least. Um, Tim, I'm guessing you saw it. What did you make of it, champ? I, 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 I knew about the fight. 
and I wanted to watch it. Um, but like I've been babysitting my grandkids and, you know, that was important to me taking yeah. care of Shania and stuff. So, um, people that we've been on podcast before, they had it, but I couldn't, I couldn't get a chance to watch it, but I did see some of it. And yeah. it looks to me that Joshua improved a little bit, but not a lot. Yeah, that he improved a little. He kept his hands here now. Yeah. He kept his hands here now more uh, where he used to keep them lower. So somebody was yeah. on him, to, so he kept his hands up here, which was a good sign. You know, it was a yeah. good sign, but there was a lot of other things that but, it seemed like Tim, he was the same person. But Tim, you and I know, and Ben, you know it too, you can have your hands up all you want, but if you can't see the punch coming, if you're not able to focus on the dude's hands and you can't see the punch coming... How many guys have we seen get knocked out with their hands up like this, right? Yeah, you can have them wrapped around you. You can have Billy them wrapped around you, all this kind of stuff. But, but if Billy you cannot Graham, see the punch coming, you're going to get clocked. And that's all Billy Graham talked about this. The guy who trained Ricky Hatton for most of his career before he, you know, when he's on, he went with Floyd Mayweather Sr. for a while, rookie. It, but it didn't work out too successfully with, with Floyd Sr. But the guy who trained Ricky Hatton for the bulk of his career, he was talking one time to an interviewer from Boxing News who was talking about Ricky Hatton's low left hand. And he said, I know Ricky holds his left hand low. Do you think I'm deft? He said. He said, but I've seen fighters that hold their hands right up like this and their noses are spread all over their faces. Uh, you know, he said, so he, he made the point that it was not, it's not always about the hand position, right? Let, let, let me say this. But when your hands are here, you got to know why they're there. You yeah. got to know yeah, what they did, the purpose are there for. Yeah. So real quick, yeah, yeah. when your hands, when, wait, hold on. When your hand is here, let me try to get that right. When it's here, it's here for you to block jabs and yes. not just to be there. It's there yeah. to block that punch that hits there, that, that hits on this side, yeah. but also to this. So mm -hmm. you have boxers with their hands there, but there's more to it that you could do with that. And somebody yeah. has to know. Yeah, yeah. Somebody has to know what to say to you when your arms are tight. There's a lot you could do. Block body shots, uppercut counter, block the jab, like I was saying. So his hands was there, but he didn't use that tactics, that yeah. that tighten up yeah. defense. He didn't use uh, what he was supposed to use, and he just stayed there. Okay, it looked good, but there's other things you got to show the boxers when his hands are there. Blocking jabs, and he never slipped either, Ben. He, I didn't see him no. slipping. Yeah. I didn't see him. So, one real quick thing. He's very, very. One more quick thing. I heard that they were looking for a trainer. Yes. They're everywhere. Mm -hmm. They're everywhere. Guys like me, mm -hmm. uh, Michael, we everywhere. What? Why they was looking for? They was in America looking for a trainer. Why didn't they come to yeah. Philly? What, what's going on, Ben? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he settled in Texas in the end with yeah. Derek James. Do you do you have an opinion of Who? Derek James as a coach? Derek James. Who? James. Never heard of him. I'm sorry. Okay. No disrespect. Um, ben, you have the 411 on him? You have 411 on him, Ben? Well, he, he's um he worked with the Charlos. You know, I believe he worked with Errol Spence too, right? I mean he, he has he has a he has okay. a he has a resume, he has a body of work. Yeah. Some people speak mm -hmm. highly of him, Derek James. They talk of him. Okay. I think yeah. he's I never he's heard of him. No, okay. Um, but you know, how much do you think Tim and Michael a trainer can do for a fighter who is already in his uh, third? Is that Anthony Joshua thirty-one at this point? Thirty-two. Uh, um, he is, yeah, thirty-one, thirty-two. In that ballpark, right? 
How much can you do yeah. for a fighter at that stage of his career, Tim, in your opinion? Um, when he's obviously real, already had lots of trainers feed into him. Real quick. <laughs> for example, my trainer. They was calling him to do stuff. Slim Robbins, they was calling him. Ernie, not Ernie Shavers. Um, uh, um, for the homes. I mean, for the... Um, uh, um, Ali, Ali, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Kenny Norton, Eddie yeah. Mustafa, ask Eddie Mustafa Muhammad, ask Eddie yeah. Mustafa, other boxers. I went around with Slim and he tightened them up, showed them what to do. Um, he still can learn. Joshua yeah, still yeah. can learn. It's just yeah. who's in front of him that go, that's going to give him confidence. I would hit the hammer with him, I would go running yeah. with him. Some of these trainers just come there with a tie on and stuff, and they just want to give you directions. But I can't give you inspiration. I'll go run with you. I'll hit yeah. that hammer with you. I'll hit the heavy bag with you and show you. These are the type of things these the the the, uh, the new guys don't really do. They want to wear a tie to the to the fight and and be like a trainer. No, I'm a I'm a I'm a run with you. I'm gonna give you inspiration. I'm a yo man. That's what. A lot of these guys need to do. They don't want to sit with a tie. I'll run. I'll do stuff with them just to give them some inspiration. That that helps. But those skills, man, man, those skills. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 you're all right, brother. You're right on. It's all about the implementation of skills and the attributes. He hasn't shown any different attributes than he's shown before in his prior fights. Joshua has not. He has not improved at all. He's not done anything different. Maybe he's in better shape. Maybe he's not. He holds his hands up higher. If that's the end game, then that's not going to do it because his biggest problem is in fighting Fury and fighting Wilder and in fighting anyone else he's going to fight that's like top five, top three. His, his, he's predictable. And the yes. last thing you want to be in boxing is predictable. You just know he's going to throw left. These guys, especially Wilder, for instance, he has the reflexes. He'll knock him out before he even brings his hands back. Because, because while, 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 you know, Joshua's doing this and trying to measure him up with the jab and doing all these ABCs, it's predictable for a guy like Wilder's just going to come over that. He's just going to smoke it. And there's no way. I mean, we know Wilder can do one thing, and that's punch. He may get caught too, by the way, and I and I like yeah, no, like but I don't like he get he can't his reflex is much faster. He gets his punches off much faster, and Joshua has not learned to pull the trigger faster on any hand from what I saw last night. So yeah, I think that, I think I think Anthony is a better boxer than Dante Wilder. Go ahead. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, he Go ahead, Ben. He probably is because Wilder, the, the bar is so low technically with Wilder, yeah, certainly yeah. so it seems. But he, but he can just pull the trigger so fast. That's all I'm saying. He pulls yeah. the trigger fast. So by the time Joshua's thinking, you can see him thinking to throw the punch. So as soon as he's thinking, this guy's going to be letting the hands go. That's and the thing with Joshua. It Joshua looks like it's not done. natural to him. None of it's natural to him at no. all. Like, he, he right. He doesn't get his head out the way at all. Like, I don't even understand it. Because as soon as you punch somebody, that's the path they're coming back on. Like, yeah. I stick my left hand out like this. Someone's coming back to that front of my chin. I, I, I know that when I hit somebody, they're going to punch back unless I drop them. They're going to come back yeah. with something. So that's a natural reflex for every fighter. So you got to get off to the side. you got to get out of the way. He just stand there in front of a guy like this. He gonna, it's not going to be pretty. That's true. 
if you were managing Anthony Joshua, who would you be looking at next? The question goes to both of you in whichever order you wish to answer it. Well, who would I be looking for next? I'll be looking for a trainer. I'll be looking for a, a trainer that can show him something. I wouldn't worry about who his next opponent is if I had the right guy teaching him, showing him, and giving him inspiration. Now, you want the next opponent? I wouldn't even care if I was in camp with him three weeks or a month. Just bring him on. He yeah. lucky that little short guy didn't know a lot of stuff either because he was powerful. <laughs> Anthony yeah. Joshua, lucky that short boxer he was fighting didn't have a better defense, or else he would have been in trouble. Yep. Yeah. So I saw the first five rounds, and I and I um, and I kind of understood what it was at that point. After I looked at it, I saw you know you had a guy he's kind of like defanged already. He declawed, he's defanged. He's you know he's in there. He's he's in as good a shape as he's going to get in, but. He's, he's a limited opponent, and of course, that's what you want because you're coaching you, you're working together for the first time and stuff. But you really expect to see Anthony Joshua throw more than one punch at a time. I mean, you, you've been boxing this long, you've been doing it this long for so long, you should be throwing some complex combinations. I don't, you know, I, I just didn't see anything that I found it hard to be impressed, and I like him a lot. Mike, there's yeah. no. But Mike, there's no countering. There's no when somebody throw punches at you, you supposed to be in a position to catch them and counter back. And he doesn't have that yes. ability. He doesn't counter back. Sometimes he, you can see him counter uh, by natural movement, but you got to yeah. get taught to counter. Where your hands at? Believe me, if yeah. something hit that, you should be able yeah. to counter back. If it's up here, yeah. if it's lower, yeah. if it's in the middle, you should be able. Yeah. Like if the punch come. You should be able to count it back on the right, this way, or come up this way, or if it's the left side. As soon as you feel the punch, you should know where that punch, you catch that punch and throw yeah. the punch back. Yeah. Nobody's teaching them that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me ask you and guys and the thing too. is, and uh, he cannot ad lib. That's the biggest thing. He doesn't ad lib. Yeah. He only goes off the script. As soon as he has to go off script, it's a wrap. He's not doing anything. And that's Which the shows you don't have those seat. great, you don't have those good instincts for, for the ring gum. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, now we're talking technical. When, when you block a punch and counter, right, you were mm -hmm. saying, Mike, I know that you felt it was actually better to catch and counter with the same hand that you caught with. Because you could, if someone throws like a, let's say, a left hook at me, I could I could block it with the right hand. This is, this is probably yeah. coming out backwards on the thing, but and come back with my left hook, right? Which is blocking. Yeah, yeah. No, say that one, again. Catch okay. Your, catch catch with one hand and coming back with the other hand, right? But you believe, yeah. Michael, it's actually better to catch with that hand than hit no, not always. This is an option, but if you, like for a hook, for instance, if a hook came in and you caught it here, there's no way you're generally going to catch a right hand. You're going to be able to throw the right hand and hit him successfully because this hook, the, the, his hook is carrying him off to the side. So yeah. if I get, if I throw a hook, I catch it, and then I come back with a hook. Now, if, I, if someone were to throw, if someone were to throw a right hand at me and I was here, and I caught it here, yeah, coming back. You're going to throw a left hook again, yeah. My, my left hand's going to be closer. If he throws a right hand, I catch it on my left side. I think you said it in response to a Tony Ayala Jr. clip where he was catching a shot and coming back with a left hook just like that. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. You can yeah, just yeah. catch a jab like this and throw a left hook over top of it. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. There's so many yeah, options. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Okay. Um, you, guys, so... Um, you can also catch... A hook on this side and throw your hook back. You get this yep. here, 
does a whole lot if you knew what to do with it. Just one hand in front of your face. You could throw hooks over it. You could throw uppercut by catching anything. You could catch a one-two with this. Yes. You just got to yep. keep practicing. One-two, boom, boom, throw your punch. You know, just with this hand in front. We're not yep. even talking about all this other stuff. We're not yeah. even talking about your shoulders. Right here. Just keep it in front of your face. Boom, boom. Well, that, Tim, that was often your default position. You you often would have your hand there, default position, and if you needed to put it there, you would. But it was in front of your face a lot of the time. Your shoulder, shoulder. They call it Philly shell, right? But you had the left hand low sometimes, with, with the chin tucked into the shoulder, and the right hand in front of your face, ready to block both the straight punches, the jab and the cross. Oh, you don't like the cross, Michael. Sorry, the jab and the straight right hand. Yeah. <laughs> He would love it. He would love it if he practiced it. He would love it if he practiced it. Believe me. You talking about the cross? You talking about the cross? No, what I'm saying is, Mike, Michael Elijah Day does not believe it's a right cross. He's like, "Where's the cross?" He says it's just a straight right. He doesn't. He doesn't accept that. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, Shania, you go like this. Come on, Tim. Look at nobody go like this when they punch a cross like that. That's, it. That's punching across your body. You twist. I'm your sorry. Body Do that back. again. Do that again. Who punches anyone across there like that? Nobody. Nobody punches anyone across their body. I don't understand. Like that. Right like that. Like you would. No... Sorry, you kind of broke up. Yeah, we're getting a bit of interference there. Yeah. Yeah, Shania, you got to help me. Wait a minute. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, no problem. But we were just saying, like, Ben and I were going back and forth on the fact that, like, I, they call it a right cross. And I say, when you throw a right cross, people throw, when you throw it like this, they call Get it the a plug right and cross. Plug that in. It's a straight right hand. It's always a straight right hand. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I, I don't have a problem with the term cross, but now it's this nagging voice in the back of my head, your voice. Every time I'm talking to a client, whatever, doing PT, and I'm like, okay, double jab, right hand. Sometimes I might say right cross, and I think, oh, Michael doesn't like that. And it and it makes me start thinking about it when I'm supposed to be doing a session. So I've, I've dropped the term almost because you've made it me feel guilty about using oh, right. it. Thank you. But, but, you uh, but you realize, but you understand now, you're thinking, okay, well, it isn't really across the body, right? You're twisting your body. What? But it is really across it, legitimately. If we're getting really technical, Wait a minute. there's only so much room inside the frame, right? The jab. Uh -huh. Wait the a minute. Comes Wait a minute. I'm sorry. I had to do something. What was y'all talking about? We're what were you talking about? The straight right. Straight right hand. He doesn't like calling it across because he doesn't think it comes across. He thinks it goes straight. What? what? Straight right hand. Just, yeah. Oh, you don't believe in it coming across? I don't think. No. It's okay. Straight. Okay. You only throw that. To me, I was taught to only throw this right cross is when they're in close. Don't never throw yeah. the the right you hand, the, the left hook or the right hook. Yeah, you mean the, you're talking about the right hook in close, right? Yeah, you got to be in close to throw that. Do yeah. not throw that um, when somebody's far away from you because you leave you open. Your head, you'll be all open here. But, but Tim, the master thing, the masterful thing that you did, and I've actually, I actually think you were the most renowned person for this shot in boxing history is the overhand right. If, ever, if I think Michael probably agrees with me on this. If you say who was the finest, if you say who's the finest expert at the jab, they'd probably say Larry Holmes. They might say Sonny Liston. If you say greatest left hookers, then, you know, they might mention a guy like uh, Ray Robinson even. But if you ask who was the best um, 
exponents of the overhead right. They probably say Tim Witherspoon. Anyone would yeah. probably say that. I seen somebody throw it better than me. I'm telling. I'm telling you. I seen a couple of guys. I said, "Who taught you that stuff?" <laughs> Yo, Buster Drayton had a nice overhead right. Buster Drayton. Yeah, he, he was born. You know, we from the same neighborhood. You know <laughs> that my mom, my grandmom, and and him lived on the same block. Yeah, Buster right. Drayton, and that's. I started going to the gym. You know, he passed away. Yeah, yes, just yeah, recently. Yeah, I started going to gym with him, and he the one first took me. Him and this guy Kenny Reese took me yeah. to the gym, and he had this other this old trainer that really wasn't, you know. But Buster was already in there, and then later on Buster left. But I left that guy early too and went with Slim. But yeah, yeah. that's how Earl. Remember Earl Hargrove, Earl the Pearl oh, Hargrove. Oh, yeah. We from the same neighborhood. We from no. the same neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild, yo. So you were in the same gym. You bought what was the name of the gym you were at? It was the old Passion Gym, right near, uh, right near the Italian market where Sylvester Stallone made the movie, the Rocky movie. Um, it was right over top, right there. And Passion, I lived ten minutes away from that gym. Where you Which remember with him and Sylvester Stallone, they were going yeah. down that market. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. only born and raised. 10 minutes from there. And I went on to become the real two-time everyday champ from Philly. It's an yeah. Italian neighborhood. There's mm -hmm. an Irish neighborhood. And the blacks live further over. But we used to go in there and play baseball, um, football. And the boxing gym was over top of the whist down. It was a bar. It was yeah. a bar, a pub downstairs. And we would go up in there and train. It was old-time stuff back yeah. then. Mike yeah, Rossman, the Jewish bomber. Um, who else? The Everett brothers was in round two, oh, if Everett you remember. Brothers, yeah. Yeah. Remember Tyrone? Yeah. yeah. But they was at another gym with Jimmy Arthur, the trainer Jimmy Arthur. Uh, no, Jimmy Arthur was at that gym, too. I was just an amateur, guys. <laughs> and, and it was a great experience, man. That was a great experience going up there and, 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 and um, you know, uh, you know, boxing and training with those guys, man. It was really cool. Really what about cool. John David Jackson, you do. John David used to train there as well for a minute, didn't he? John David Jackson. I don't remember him. He's not from Philly. No, he's not from Philly. He's from the Pacific Northwest, but he used to come to Philly and spar before he before he won the world title. He actually went to Philly and he was working down there because I know he'd worked with he he worked with Curtis Parker a little bit. I don't know. Curtis oh, Parker. Curtis Parker, I was working, so he must be was at Joe Frazier's gym. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. He must be was there. So I was yeah. in South Philly. Joe Fish, Joe Frazier's gym is in North Philly. Oh, okay. And then you yeah, have the West Philly guys, the Everett brothers. The Everett oh. brothers was in South Philly, too. Saab Muhammad. Saab Muhammad yeah. was only 10 minutes. Matthew Saab Muhammad. He was yeah, only yeah. 10 minutes away from the old Passion Street gym. So all yeah. those guys was in that area. All those yeah. guys was in that South Philly area. Saab Muhammad, the Everett brothers, me, the Witherspoon brothers, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the Howard brothers was from North Philly. Remember Kevin yeah. Howard? Kevin Howard who fought Sugar Leonard in his comeback fight. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he was from North Philly. 
The spoiler. Yeah, yeah. I seen him. I seen him about a month ago, two months ago, Ben uh, and Mike. And we, you know what? We trying to help former boxers out. And yeah. I got his numbers down. We're going to help them also. We're going to help oh, him. Sweet. And um, there's sweet. other boxers. We, Mike, all of us been trying to help them out. Right, Mike? Yep. Yes, sir. Well, I'm trying, to, trying to do I that. I would love to have someone like Kevin Howard on this show, Silk. You know, because, yeah. I, well, just to me, it's gold, you know, because you've not seen yeah. that guy in all those years yeah. since he fought Sugar Ray, really, on any yeah. kind of, you know. I have his number. I have his number. Real quick. I have his number. I, I put it somewhere. He called me. Uh, about going to somewhere, somebody passed away. Somebody a referee, so he called me and said, "Tim, are you going to come and be there?" And I couldn't make it, so I got his number written down, Ben, and I'll get you, you his number. Okay, I'll get Thank in touch you. and everything. I would love to talk to Kevin, someone like Kevin Howard, because it, it's history to me, you know. Mm -hmm. He would love yeah. to get on because he's not doing anything. He's just okay. sitting around not doing nothing. And this is what we have to do with the former boxers, man. We got to get them involved so so we can keep this 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 thing floating, keep it moving, yeah. you know, before yeah. we lose it all. They got Jake Paul and all them guys coming in oh, there, bro. interrupting a lot of things. And <laughs> and um there's people that's want that wanna, you know, watch them some like more than they do us. We gotta yeah. we gotta figure something out, man. Let me ask you, did anyone see the Roy Jones fight last night? He fought. Like I haven't a... seen it. I'm glad you mentioned that. Oh. Did yeah, you yeah. see Who did he fight? Who did he fight? He fought some MMA guy hey, and he lost he fought guy. It was the guy's professional boxing debut, but he has an, yeah. an MMA background, I believe an elite MMA background. No, um, I think he only didn't he only have a couple of wins, a few couple of wins and a couple some, of losses. Uh, somebody told me he won a UFC lightweight title, Silk. So but I don't know yeah. anything about UFC and I don't want to. But yeah. I believe he, somebody told me he's got more than a little. <laughs> but, but, you know, um, people seem to fall into two categories on this. Some people say this is a shame, this is sad, this is legacy, you know, um, destroying. This is, you know, it's poignant and it's sad and it's downbeat. Other people say, no, damn it, he's a grown-ass man. If he wants to fight, who are we to tell him not to fight? You know, what do you do for a living? It, somebody was saying, you know, I think the only sad thing is when your parents are 20 years older than, Wayne, uh, than, than Roy and still working in a goddamn factory. You shouldn't be saying nothing about Roy Jones, just tipping your hat. But yeah. I understand that argument, but I don't feel it on a gut level. What about you, Silk? Well, I um, I was with the guys last night. You know, I ran Poison, Junior Jones. You know, when we're sitting Name around... So oh, you with the boys? Okay. Again. Come on. Come on. Yeah. You was with the boys. Times Square. You know, Listen, I, I, I was Disney. talking to Michael Elijah and Tim Witherspoon only just now. That's a, that's <laughs> <laughs> so, so we were sitting there and we we're all around one another and we we're and they were saying, and we we're all like, "Oh man, Roy's gonna." I, I mean, I they were like, "Roy's gonna fight and he should be fighting." I was like, "Come on, man! This guy's like two and three. The guy he's fighting." And Roy in his sleep was going to wipe this dude out. I don't see how it could be. You know what I mean? But sometimes, yeah. I guess if you just haven't fought and you haven't pulled the trigger and you haven't been active and your body's not used to being hit, all the rest of that kind of stuff, it you just you lose that Superman thing. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, you become real normal. You become pedestrian. And the guy fighting you thinks of you as pedestrian as well. And, you know, they're not they're not. They're not all starry-eyed. You don't look at you that way. They're looking at yeah. you as a fight and someone's gonna hurt them. So they come in for real. And and that's um it's really unfortunate for Roy. I, I would I would I know that when you lose in boxing, 
it's because you you get hit. And when you get hit, that's no good. So I, I, I would like to see some fighters, especially ones that you really like, like Roy, not take any more punishment because what, you know what I, I know. mean? What's well, safe? I heard he turned me down. I heard he turned me down for a a uh, an exhibition. I don't know whether it was because of he don't think that we could generate the money, but um, I think the offer when I think Damon Thelman uh, called yeah, him up and and asked him, and he said he don't want to do it. I think no, we could have did all right, but I got a lot of tricks for his behind. <laughs> I got a lot of tricks for all that stuff he got. You know, I'd so. be curious to see that. But you remember, you you you're saying he didn't want it, right? Roy Jones ducked you, okay, in exhibition. You remember when you ducked me, Tim? Because I was supposed to move around with you years ago, really before we became friendly. And then you said you couldn't do it in case your son lost his license. So he ducked me. No, it was it was it's true, but it's obviously I'm not full serious, circle. In full circle. That, yeah, that is a true story, but I obviously don't believe it. He did my he did my corner once, so you know, but he did my corner one time a few years ago. Hey, cool. Tim, yeah, we had fun, man. That's me. my that, that's my second home. The UK is my second home. If anywhere else I would I would want to live, it would be in the UK. If it wasn't America, I'll be living in the UK. You might not like it, Ben, over there, but that, that no, I really I had London. fun over there. I love London. I got a grandson over there. I got a grandson in Barnsley. I got a grandson in Barnsley. His name is Oliver Charles. You know what would be cool? Because you're coming over here, I believe, at some point, Silk. You yes. are, right? Yeah. And if Tim could coincide another trip back, we could all get together here at uh, some point. That would be amazing. That would be a yeah. good time. I we would could, love we, to. We could, find, we could find, like, Botanic Road or whatever it is. Find that. <laughs> Y'all guys in them big words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, but he's listen, like, listen, yeah. listen, listen. Getting back to Anthony Joshua, right? Yeah, I was real serious about about um, you know they could have saved and me and Ben talked about it. They could have saved him a couple of losses. Mm -hmm. They could have saved him. They're so loyal to each other and thinking about the money, they forgot about his legacy that he could probably still be undefeated. Dante Wilder the same way. I'm sitting here, you guys sitting there. Here I am. I got knowledge better than a lot of those guys that they going after yeah. i heard he was over here searching for a trainer yeah don't pay me just let me show you don't give me a yeah. dime yeah just let me show you some stuff at least try that yeah yeah what they wouldn't even do it i'm trying to figure what is it that that they're doing that's causing them to make these decisions i'm not yeah. saying i'm the best but i'm better than them any one of those guys that they got in their corner now mm -hmm. i'm not the best but mm -hmm. I'm better than any of those they, guys they got in the corner. What's the matter with them? I'll do it. For, I'll do it for free. And if you don't win or you don't do good, you don't got to pay me. Yeah. What do you think of Alexander Usyk, who obviously Joshua has two losses to, and who Tyson Fury doesn't appear to be mad keen to get in a ring with? You check my Usyk. Usyk, yeah, Usyk. Yeah. Usyk. Real quick. Yeah. All he has to do is put pressure on you, you, Yusef, and 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 because when I first started fighting, when I first started fighting, Slim told me to put pressure on those guys that move a lot. They don't want to get touched. They don't want to get hit. So touch the closest thing to you. If his hand is out there, hit his hand. Put pressure on his body. He's gonna forget about the head. 
And I yeah. did it with this the bounty hunter. Remember Mike, Mike the bounty hunter? Yeah, yeah. Mike yes, the bounty hunter. He, remember him? He yeah. start cussing Slim out. He got mad at me. Like, like, like I, they was sparring with me for my fight. Him, Oliver McCall, Burke Cooper. They was whipping my behind until I got in shape. And then Mike the Bounty Hunter, he was doing it to me. Then Slim said, look, Tim, it's time to turn this thing around. And Slim told me, put the pressure on him, everything. Mike jumped out. He cussed Slim out and everything. We exposed him. You got to yeah. put pressure on him. You got to be in shape. To chase, you step around. You got to be in shape, but you can put pressure on. Go to the body hard, and and there's a way you fight southpaws. When they they lead hand, you got to stay on the outside a lot. A lot of guys stay in the middle and get hit with the southpaw left hand. But when his when his arm goes out like this, you got to slip to the outside and move in and make him turn into your punches. And a lot of trainers don't know that today. I got to show you guys this one day. You know what I'm saying? That lead arm. Tim, let me ask you, when was boxing at its best for you? Your career, your professional career, when did you enjoy yourself? You were just absolutely happy and you only saw unending happiness for yourself. Early in my career, when I didn't know that much about boxing, hmm. when I had my first six or seven, 12 fights, everything was happy. Everything was good. I was sparring. Yeah. Yeah. And then my managers and them got caught selling drugs. Uh, Larry Levin, if you remember Dr. Snow in America, um, he was a dentist and he had dentist friends. And every time I go into Mark Stewart, he passed away. He was my manager. He said, man, we're going to get Don King. I'm going to make sure he pay you. So every day I come in the room and I'm seeing every I go into the office um, and everybody's sniffing. And I'm saying yeah. something funny here. You got the secretary doing this. You got guys coming in sniffing. Everybody was snorting cocaine. And um. Bernard Hawkins' uncle, Artie McLeod, he was there stirring and quick. My brother Anthony, we stayed in the building with all musicians, uh, mm -hmm. Captain Sky, Brandy Wells. Uh, we were yeah. all in this one building in Center City, Philly. And then when he got busted, that's when everything went downhill. Me and my brother was undefeated. Anthony was like 12 and 0. I was 13 and 0. Um, Bernard Hawkins' uncle was undefeated. Then, it, then when they got busted by the uh, feds and stuff, we all went downhill. And that's when I wait, started wait, learning how bad boxing was. Did you say Artie McLeod? Uh, Artie McLeod. He, he sparred with Marvin Hagler. Yeah, Artie McLeod. I remember him. Yeah, wow. I didn't know he was. He was tough. Yeah, he was tough. <laughs> yeah, that's he had gray eyes, right? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's Bernard Hopkins' uncle. That's Bernard wow. Hopkins' Um, mother's brother. Yeah. And wow. we would all stay in that building. And you know what? Real quick, guys, yeah. they were asking us for money. I'm like, wait a minute. Y'all got singers. Y'all in the band. Y'all go to things and y'all broke. Yeah. I was lending the money and yeah. I, I started learning about the game. I'm saying, wait a damn minute. Y'all guys be on TV and shit and y'all asking us for money. Yeah. So I would lend them money. Yeah. And they would pay it back, you know, and then we got caught. Then do, not we got caught. Uh, Mark Stewart and them got caught. Uh, and then they all went to jail. We got sold to Don King. That's what happened. We were beautiful. We were going in a straight arrow. We were all happy. We were all doing real good. And then all yeah. at once, everything went downhill. We got shipped and to Don was, King. Was, the thing? Was, it, was, it Don King that, was it a Don King connect that made it go down? Was it something to do with Don or was it something... A mistake someone made because it wasn't a loss, right? It wasn't a loss. 
No, it wasn't a loss. It was the it was the fact that we went with him and things changed. Like we 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 were living in apartments. My my, my manager brought me a car when I won the fight. We were getting bonuses for winning fights. Um, um, we were you know we were being treated like boxers should be treated. And we were together. Yeah. We would go to the gym together. We were training, and everything went downhill. When we went to Don King, um. Everything went downhill in terms of money and negotiations. You didn't talk to your manager. You talk, mm -hmm. Mark. Um, uh, uh, um, um, uh, 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 I'm talking about Don King's stepson, Carl. Carl oh, would come oh. in and say, "Well, we got to wait on my dad to see what's going on." What kind of stuff is that? I have to wait mm -hmm. for my dad, my dad, to tell us what we're doing. Um, um, you know, give, before we go forward. So. Bonus? Did he give you a signing bonus, anything like that, Don? What signing bonus? He, we didn't even, sometimes we didn't, when I fought Frank Bruno, yeah. I didn't even know how much money I was getting when I was on an airplane. Wow. I didn't. Did you hear what he got? Sir? I didn't did know how much money I was getting when I fought Frank Bruno. I did not know how much money I was getting when I was on an airplane. And you know. That's how bad it was. Duff, Mickey Duff and, Terry, and Jarvis Astaire, they paid Don a million pounds to bring to bring Tim over. So that yeah. Tim didn't see hardly any of that money. I think Tim wound up with about 30 grand or something silly like that. No, I, I got, I went on with 90,000, 90,000 from, from a million. Yeah. A after million I pounds. paid everybody. So it was yeah. real quick. It was a half a million. Carl King get half. Right. Um, then they took out all these expenses. Yeah. And yeah. then my own people was like, Tim, I didn't believe me. And I yeah. showed him. I showed them, and I still paid them. I still paid everybody. Excuse me. Ninety thousand for fighting Frank Bruno. I went home with. Well, how much yeah. Bruno must have got at least a million. Bruno. Bruno, Bruno got, got a million. Bruno got a million five. He got a million five. Yeah. And he's still you know Jimmy Tibbs, um, who trained Bruno for that fight, who didn't trust Terry Lawless at this point said and he'd fallen out he kind of fallen out with terry lawless really and he said will you just try and frank for this witherspoon fight they knew they were going to go to separate ways he said will you try and frank for this fight and he said what am i getting and he said 10 percent. and jimmy said 10 percent of what and he said well i think he told him it was seven hundred thousand. so and in the end jimmy only got i don't want to say what he got because that's his business but it wasn't what he should have got and he was only told it was seven hundred thousand plus okay so yeah. it shows you how well he damn sure got more than me <laughs> yes. Yo, when the trainer get more than you, right? When the trainer gets more than the fighter, you know you got an issue. That's insane. Um, well, yeah, and um, but but you know what? The reason I make that point is because people always single out a guy like Don King as some kind of paragon of evil and skullduggery and and hucksterism, right? Yeah, but yeah. there are so many guys pulling strokes in this industry, right, Tim? Oh yeah, Every, all, all of them. them. All right. Yeah. Is Don, Don King especially evil, one. or is he just better at it? Is Don King especially amoral, or is he just better at that than a lot of guys? Personally, I'm sorry. What did you say? Is Don King really? Go ahead. Especially, is he an especially evil character or amoral character, or is he just better at playing the game than a lot of those guys out there historically? Listen, I had I had a privilege to be in him, be with him, and one on one with him several times, and I saw the real Don. I saw that there was some love in him. 
I saw that 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 um he can be gentle at certain times. I, I noticed that about him. And he liked me. He liked you if you're a fight. But if you don't fight, he's not gonna respect you. Cause I seen him do Dwight Davidson when Dwight Dwight Davidson lost to that lost to that English guy, I forgot his name. He Tony cussed Simpson. Dwight Davidson out. What's his Tony name? Simpson. Tony Simpson. He he cussed Dwight out. But he 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 liked Don liked me. I was always in the training camp. If he did something wrong, I would go in there and try to protect and talk to the guy. Said, Don, what you doing? Why you doing that to the... And he was like, as soon as I go in through the front door, he's like, Tim, get out. Because I was always in everybody's business trying to help people because everybody was getting ripped off. But I didn't go a lot of times. He, somebody in there come out and say, man, Don did this to me. And I go in there and try to talk to him. He said, Tim, get out. Just go. I don't want to talk to you. But, he, Tim. but when we was one-on-one, -on -one, I noticed that he liked me. I noticed yeah. that he liked me. And I think it's because I did fight. I didn't act like no, you know, when the, you know, I did not get like, I'll act, you know, you know, you like, if you're a punk and don't fight, he don't yeah. like that. But yeah. I fought, I fought, but I don't still know why he liked me. Maybe because I didn't walk around like a tough guy or a bully and stuff like that. Maybe that could have been one thing, but um, if you didn't fight, he would jump on your stuff. He would so jump Tim, on you. So, awesome. um, Tim, I like him. I, I'm going on with my life. It's over. I'm going on with my life and see if I could just finish, close the book in a positive way. Go ahead, guys. You, I'm sorry. You were, you were a sparring partner for Muhammad Ali, right? You moved with Ali? Yep. Huh? Uh, when was that? You moved with Ali. You actually got in the ring with Ali, was sparring partner. Yeah, yeah, well, you, you know. You had an amateur. Muhammad Ali's training camp is only an hour from my house. Hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. you just get on, you just get on and go right to his camp, make a couple mm -hmm. of turns, and you go to yeah. his camp. So yeah, it wasn't that far away. And I was sparring with Matthew, no, with Matthew Saab Muhammad. He knocked out I John Conte. Know. And I John Conte, yeah. I love him, man. Yeah, he's yeah, a, he's a character. Fun. But yeah. but but he was sparring with I was sparring with Saad Muhammad. His gym was only 10 minutes away from our gym near the Italian market. I told you before. So yeah. he he went, he went was going to Ali's camp. So yeah. I went up there and was sparring with him. Ali came in one day. We were surprised. and said, yeah. yo, I'm getting ready to fight Larry Holmes. I'm gonna, he's seen him spar. He's like, oh, okay. He said, I want you to be a sparring partner. I was just yeah. up and coming. And, yeah. and I was like, whoa, that's great. And he was yeah. acting all cool. I said, man, I want to be like him. You know, and that's how I got started. I used to be around with him. I used to hang around with him at the camp. Um, I did uh, real quick, and then you could guys, you could take it over. He he hired me and Aaron Snowwell. Not hired. He told us he told us to watch Veronica. To make, and Veronica yeah. probably mad at me, but Ali told me he told me to go down there and make sure that everything's good in the discotheque. So everybody yeah. would get finished after the after the uh, workout and drive down. It was called the alley. And everybody be partying. So we was in, the me and Aaron Snowell was in the, the disco. We was watching and we saw them dancing and like talking like too close. So we went and got Ali. We drove back up to the camp and we got Ali. We said, Muhammad, we know who that guy might be. I forgot his name. But we went and drove Ali back, me and Aaron. We got in the car. We drove back to the, yeah. it's called the Ali. So Ali, Ali, Muhammad got out the car. Oh, God. When he went to the door, everybody was like, 
like this, yeah. and he walked yeah. in. Everybody like Moses, that water yeah. that that Moses. Remember yeah, Moses yeah, yeah. parted the sea. The Red Sea. Yeah. When Ali walked in there, everybody split it. They let him walk straight through, and at the very end was Veronica dancing with this dude, and he grabbed her. He yep, yeah. he grabbed her. They we they they got in the car. We got in the car, drove back. Yeah. I heard yeah. I heard he slapped on the legs with the belt. I don't know, or he just talked to her. But we, yeah. I felt bad after that because I liked Veronica too. She was nice, but Ali, yeah. I had to I had to listen to him. He 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 told me to go do this, so. I felt yeah. kind of bad. I felt kind of yeah, yeah. bad. And whatever happened, happened. They beat the hell out of that dude. The next day they got him yeah. in sparring. Eddie yeah. Mustafa whipped his butt. I felt bad from blood was everywhere. Then Ali got in there and whipped his butt. And then they, they he left the camp. What a story that is. Yep. That, that is gold dust. Um, I'm telling you, you know, man. I think it was Montel Griffin the other day on Facebook who said, Veronica Porsche, Ali was the most beautiful woman he's ever seen in the flesh. He's the most beautiful woman he's she ever seen. She is beautiful. Yeah, she's yeah. gorgeous. Hannah, yeah. her daughter, Layla, Hannah, they're beautiful girls, man. I was they with are, them yeah. when they was little kids. Hannah, Hannah used to check, follow me around all the time. Hannah used to follow me around. And there was Matthew Shah Muhammad had a, had a uh, second name. I forgot his Tim. Like Matthew me, Franklin. she said, I don't like that, Tim. I like this, Tim. She would choose me one day, then choose the other <laughs> Tim one day. I remember she was a little yeah. baby, and Layla, she was quiet as hell. She yeah. wouldn't say nothing to nobody. Yeah. Now she's yeah. talking and everything. You yeah. couldn't get Layla to say nothing when she was little. She yeah. would just yeah. sit there and look and smile with her pretty self. She would look. She wouldn't do nothing behind her. She was everywhere. I'm I serious. Tim, Layla, Tim, Layla Tim. was quiet. Yes. Tim, what was what was your we talked about the best? What was your worst time in boxing where you really just like you it was like a bad taste in your mouth. You just couldn't anymore. Or it, it could be at the start, it could be the end, but it just wasn't going good. It just didn't seem like it was gonna happen. Well, or it just well, when I took the dive, when I took the dive with Bone Crusher, yeah. um I just had to try to convince people that that's what happened. When you said you took that bone crusher, tell me about that. Yeah, so what what happened was we, I'm sorry guys, we found out that Don King was just only interested in Mike Tyson. Um, So we all was in a training camp, me, Tony Tubbs, you name it, Zuma Nelson. He had us all in the camp at one time. You know, it was a big write-off for him. So he came in one day in a limo um and 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 he pulled up and we were all in the kitchen like the kitchen is right there the gym is there so we all sat around don there's about 30 of us maybe 25 30 and he was telling us about mike tyson he was telling us about tyson because i never heard of him mm-hmm. and blood green said yeah i heard about him oh yeah i know mike and so yeah. he was saying y'all guys better get in shape because um this young kid ain't playing around. This young kid, Mike Tyson, is knocking everybody out. So mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody took heed of him. Nobody was like, okay, this Mike, I ain't worrying about him. And then yeah. I saw a video of him. I said, whoa. And then yeah. everybody started talking about him. And then we started following him on the television. And then yeah. we started getting, I started getting in shape anyway, regardless. We started getting in good shape. And then mm-hmm. you could see where Don was trying to move in and get, and get Tyson. So he no mm-hmm. longer cared about 
us in a way. He wanted to get Tyson. Um, and so and so um the bone crusher thing, um, I was supposed to fight Tony, I was supposed to fight Tony Tubbs. Yeah, I was supposed to fight Tony Tubbs because guys, you know, I smoked at that marijuana. I got in mm-hmm. trouble. It was my birthday, December. We was down in Georgia. I was supposed to fight Tony Tubbs. And there, yeah. and it, it was tempting. I smelled the marijuana, but we was in the room just having fun talking because it was my birthday. And I went out there. I, I, I said, oh, man, I didn't think about the drug test. So I started smoking with whoever. I forgot who it was. And then later on, I said, the next day, I said, whoa, I might get in trouble. I might get in yeah. trouble. And it was too late. So I went through the fight. Uh, I won the fight with Tubbs. I tested positive. Um, and um, no, no, that was that. No, that was then. Yeah. So then when the rematch, we were supposed to give Tubbs a rematch. So I was training for I was training for that fight. He came up with a shoulder, a shoulder injury. And I was like, I said, something must be wrong here. Something must be wrong. Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm going to tell you real quick and get that light back on. Okay, so 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 Tubbs came up with a shoulder injury. And mm-hmm. I said, something fishy. I said, I wonder what's wrong with that. So they pulled Buster in. So I took off like five days. I said, oh, I ain't fighting. We're going to wait for Tubbs. Then Don called us in and said, yo, the fight is still on. I got bone crusher. I messed around and everything. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to fight bone crusher. So I said, man, I'm tired of this. I'm getting over, man. I knew I probably, I don't know what type of money I was going to get. Um, so I hired the lawyer and everything. And this is when I knew that Don King didn't care about us. He, I got 600,000 to fight bone crusher. And I found out he just wanted me out the way. He didn't care about bone crusher. He didn't care about Tony Tubbs. He did to line things up to get everybody ready for Tyson. So I know if I would have went 10, 12 rounds of with, with bone crusher, I wasn't going to get the fight anyway. Cause I was talking stuff about Don he was dripping me off, and I knew that. So, you know what? They go, they're going to take this fight from me if I go to distance. I'm not fighting Bone Crusher 12 rounds and get hurt. So I told my corner, I said, look, man. I said, yo, I'm getting out of here. And I had lawyers and everything. And, and I, I said, look, I'm going out there. I'm not getting hurt. I was a good actor. If you watch See Me Crawling, I had to act so I didn't take, keep my money. And I feel bad for Bone Crusher because he think he knocked me out. I was the happiest mm. man in the world when that fight was over. I was the happiest man where I didn't have to deal with Don King anymore. Um, I was going with other people. Everything was set up. So um, I'll take a lie detector test. I feel bad for Bone Crusher because he thinks, look at my first fight. Every round, I just walked through him like almost. You know, I was fun. But this particular fight, I said, man, and I feel bad for Bone. He in the wheelchair, and I told him. I would tell you the truth if, if 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 he beat me. I didn't even feel no punch. I didn't feel no punch. So when he hit me, it was the right time to go down. And then I started crawling. I had to make it look good. I crawled on the on the canvas. Now watch my first fight. You'll see you know, every round I'm walking through bone pressure. In retrospect, huh? Tim, I remember seeing that fight. I remember seeing that fight, and it didn't make sense to me. I bet you're gonna play it back no. tonight. So. It made no sense to me. Huh? I was like, huh? I didn't get it. I was like, what? No, I said, I bet you're probably going to play it back now tonight, Silk. I bet you're going to play oh, that Yeah, back. I'm going to look at it again because it's all going to make sense. Because I remember I was in Vancouver at that time and I was like, yo, this just doesn't make it. Like, bone, I didn't know Bone Crusher had it like that. Watch the first and, fight. Watch the yeah. first fight. I walked right through him. 
I walk right through them. In the second fight, I just and my corner know my corner country, country and country James and everybody's wow. my corner knew what I was going to do, and I did it. I did it, and then we went on. I had the lawyers ready. We sued yeah. Don King right after. I went. Right. I met with lawyers a couple of days after that, um, and then we went on to sue Don King, and we didn't win. He did still won that regrets? too. Did you have any regrets doing that? Like, did your fighter ego say, you know what I mean? Because a lot of people are going to say, well, I don't believe it. Tim with his uh, uh, bone crusher knocked you out. A lot of people will say that. A lot of people will believe you. A lot of people will believe another way. Did that I, damage I, the ego or anything? I, I didn't care. I, 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 would have to, I would have to live with it. Uh, you know, live with that. You know, you said, look, look, I did. I would tell you the truth. I will tell you the truth, okay? I went down. I made sure it was a three knockdown rule. Um, I would tell you. I would tell you if he did it. I just feel bad that he had to go through that. That he didn't really knock me out. I was the happiest man in the world when that fight was over, and I paid everybody. Have you told him huh? to his face? In, in no, I talked to him. No, Ben, I talked to him, and I and I said, look, man. I told him that Don King was messing me over. He don't care about you. He didn't care about me. He cared about Tyson. He didn't care who won that bone crusher fight. He didn't care. Who, he, he, he just needed meat, bones, meat and bones for Tyson. And she was sitting. And, that, and if you notice, after all those, after he got him, he let who fought him? Mitch Green fought him. Um, he had every David, the David Bay fight him? No. He had all these guys lined up to fight him. So he was just lining us up to fight Tyson. But I, we were just in his way. That's all. Yeah, we were just Green in his way. Before, though. Mitch Green fought him before that, though, because if you'd have beat Bonkers the second time, you'd have No, Mitch Tyson. Green fought us after that, I think. I think Blood fought no, him after no that. No, no way. That was. I'll tell you how it broke down. He fought Mitch Green in June 1986. He beat Trevor okay. Burbick November 22nd, 1986. Then he fought Bonecrusher Smith March the 7th, 1987. Okay. If you'd have beat Bonecrusher, which I think was November 1986, if, you'd have, if you hadn't took a dive and you'd have beat him, you'd have been fighting Tyson on March the 7th, 1987 for the WBA and, and WBC titles. That would have been And you, you know another reason why? Another reason why I was taking the dive? I was only getting 50000 to fight Tyson. Which yeah, which is just ridiculous. It's crazy. Yeah, um, I found out. Yeah. I found out that that I, I, you know, I signed like about fifteen, twenty contracts just to get back with Don. Um, when the first time when I left and I came back and kissed his ass and said I'm sorry, guys, for cussing, and told him that I'm sorry. This what I had to do. I had to go back to Don and tell him I'm sorry. I did all that stuff. I apologize. And everything, and even I knew, even th I, even though I knew that he was wrong, I went back. I apologized to him, and and knowing that I was right, and then we went through the same stuff. He still messed me around. I just wanted to get back in and and make some money for me and my family, um, you know. And 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 it's just that he controlled a lot of things. But now I'm happy. I'm talking to y'all guys. Yeah. I, I really, I don't really talk about Don King. There was experience yeah. me. I'm here with my daughter. I got my yeah. kids. I got friends like you guys. I don't want to mm -hmm. dwell on Don King, but if we do like a podcast or something, I like to talk, but my life is move on. He didn't beat me because yeah, I'm still no. happy. I'm not going to yeah. let him do nothing. I'm not going to let him win. 
by being sad, trying to commit suicide or some dumb stuff like that. I'm helping people. I'm on your podcast and we friends. We help another boxers out. That's I'm tired of just sobbing around like my world is coming in. I'm not going to let them defeat me. I got two quick questions, Tim. Two quick ones before you go. Okay. What's the hardest you've ever okay. been hit? And what's the hardest you've ever hit somebody? Like you just knew when you hit. Hardest you ever been hit first? Yeah. Hardest you ever been well, hit? Well, my first? kid's mother, she put my kid's <laughs> mother hit me with so hard one time. I no, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> okay, Carl the Truth hit me. I was chasing Carl the Truth the whole fight. The whole fight. And he caught me off balance and off guard because I was trying to get him. He kept moving. Yeah, That's when I know he had a hell of a right hand. He hit me. I didn't feel no pain, but I yeah. felt some numbness a little bit. And I buckled a yeah, little yeah. bit, and I came yeah. back on him. Yeah. He hit yeah. me pretty good. Uh, call yeah. the truth. Who else hit me? Have Who you else? Ever, have I you think Oliver. Oliver, 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 Oliver. He oh, hit me a little bit, but yeah, that's doing sparring. That's doing sparring. Yes, Byron, I know. Burt Cooper. Bo Cooper and Burt Cooper and Call the Truth got me real good. No, so have you ever been legitimately dropped, like officially? Like you had you had a great chin. Nah. Nah. Right, so you know um, what's dropped. the heavyweight name? Um what's that the Italian heavyweight name? Um yeah, I, I mean, felt I mean, bad about yeah, um Lou Savarese. Lou oh, Savarese. Yeah. Yeah, so so they stopped the fight too soon, and the ref said he said he whispered to me. He said I didn't stop it too soon. I said no, because I just wanted to get I just wanted to get paid and get out of there. During that period, I was just trying to get money, and I saw Lou Savage fight, and I said, oh, I didn't really train hard, but but when it was a flat, look at the Lou Savage fight. When he hit me, I went down, but it was it was I was more off balance. But when the ref stopped it, I didn't argue or anything. I said, oh, man, I got I got some fast money. I didn't care because I knew Tyson was the main man. Yeah. Everybody else was doing that. And I mm -hmm. said to Lucet Reese, I was talking to Lucet Reese. He said, man, if you were serious in the shape, you would have knocked me out. And I said, man, you did a great job, man. You did a great job. But I watched videos and I was like, man, I got I got I got I wasn't in shape. But he 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 he, he kind of like he caught me and I went down, but I wasn't hurt or nothing, and yeah, he didn't he hit was, me hard. But it was the right time. I said, "Whoa, now I got me this money. Now I go, I go, I just move on." And I felt bad because the person that was supporting me, uh, Dennis Rappaport, was really behind me, and yeah. so I was up and down. I was I had good fights. I knocked guys out. Me and Dennis was cool. Then I had fights that I wasn't, and I felt kind of bad that Dennis was really behind me 100 percent. After I left Don King and stuff like that, I felt bad about that fight, and I think it was one more. But there was some good fights with Dennis that I won, so I was up and down with Dennis, and mm. that particular I felt really bad because Dennis was behind me a hundred percent, man. And if yeah, I wish I would have had him as my uh, promoter or manager in the, in the beginning of my career, Dennis Rappaport, who had Cooney. Do you do you still speak to Dennis? Yeah, on Facebook, I be, oh yeah, I apologize to him. I I, I, okay. I, I text him and I apologize yeah. to him and told him that some of those fights I didn't train hard, I didn't care, and then some of the fights I did, I told him I apologize because after one of those fights, he gave me a hundred thousand dollar bonus, Whoa. and then in another fight, he bought my kid's mother a brand new car as the bonus. 
And that's how you got to treat boxers. You got to give them stuff that's going to make them work harder or make them feel that you care. He gave yeah, me a $100,000 bonus. I forgot who it was I fought. And then the second time, he 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 bought my kid's mother a brand new, it was $40-something thousand. Wow. That was my man, man. He, he, he really treated Mike Ayala's got Go nothing ahead. but praise for Dennis as well. You know, uh, Mike Ayala says that Dennis saved his life. And he and he said he apologized to him for failing him in some ways too, he believes, when he reflects on his career. You know, oh, and, I didn't know that. Because in an industry where managers don't have the greatest reputation, Dennis yeah. Rappaport is one of the rare examples at the high level I can think of where his yeah. former fighters have got the highest praise for him, which is, that's kind of special, don't you think, Silk? Yeah, it's absolutely special. I mean, it's so unique because, I mean, managers and trainers, they're about eating too when it comes down time to it. When it comes down to it, it's all about eating. It's all about being able to put, you know, keep your lights on and all the rest of that kind of stuff, survival instincts. And so, I, you know, I've had experiences where, you know, you you are the meal. You are the, you are the meal ticket for a trainer, for your manager, for your promoter. And, yeah. and if that's the case, you're expendable. You know what I mean? At any point. Yeah, you never know that's true. They're always going to deal in their best interest. And once you understand that in boxing, that it's, that it's a wild west. It's like they just discovered gold in California and everyone's yeah. cutting their plot of land out and, and they're, defend, they're sleeping on that plot of land. And they got the little pans, and you know they're shifting for gold. And if you go near their plot, you're going to get shot. That's what boxing has always been, and that's what it continues to be. It has no unifying code. You know what I mean? And I think um, you have one more question for Tim. The flip side of it was, what was the hardest he feels he ever hit another fighter? The yes. hardest he ever feels he ever landed. Go on. I hate to to keep talking about it because he passed away. I hit Anders Eklund with that yeah. that tall guy that was that yeah. tall guy that was in the Rocky movie. Remember they showed that little brief thing and I hit him. Um, I hit him pretty hard with that. Yeah. But I also hit other people. I'm getting old now, guys. I'll be sixty six. No, no, no. <laughs> I hit him really hard with that. I hit him really hard with I that overhand. That to my clients all the time when I'm trying to teach them the overhand right. And you yeah. know, sometimes I've actually called you on FaceTime and told you to explain it to them when we're on the or on the mitts at Buck. But I, I, I show that to I was showing it to a young lady who fought last night. I showed it to her on Friday night, her last session. I was trying to show the just the, maybe a little bit of a surprise element to use the overhand right occasionally. And I said, Watch my, my watch my man Tim do it to this guy, this Swedish guy. And um I am busting that Witherspoon versus Eklund KO out all the time. His knockout, his knockout versus the Cuban. Who is the Cuban guy with the braid? He oh, you talking about uh, Jorge Gonzalez? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh God, that overhand right was incredible. You got to keep it in close, and you got to let it go from. You get, hold on, let me show you. Let's show you. You got to let it go from in here. Yeah. So if you have it out here, if you yeah. wait a minute, that's yeah. hold on. Did you see it? If you have yeah. it out here. Yeah, if you have it in here and let it yeah. go from, let me turn it in here. If yeah. you let it go from here, like like tilt that yeah. shoulder down. Hold up, let me see. Yeah. If you tilt that shoulder down in and just let it go, I can't show you that good. But if you tilt the left shoulder down and keep yeah. this close to you, you get a clean shot, and it'll be more devastating. But if you have it out, it's going to take away from the power. 
So yeah. Slim was telling me, try to keep it in tight like a bullet in a gun. And when yeah. it comes down, it's going to come out. It's going to come out really with power. And by the time it reaches destination, it's going to really hurt somebody. But if you yeah, have it out, hard. if you have it all the way out here, it's, it's more likely not to really hurt hurt a person. But if it's been close, yeah. if it's, if it's yeah. in close like this and you let it go from here, you're going to hurt somebody. Well, the thing is with boxing, right? Once you lift your elbow away from your body, it's an arm punch. You don't have to right. on that, right? So as soon as that Whoa, elbow that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah right. so so yeah, that's where I was taught to keep a lot of my stuff close to me so I could counter back, yeah, uh yeah. blocking jabs. These little things is Anthony Joshua could avoid the losing fights. Dante Wilder would be undefeated if he knew how to block and slip and block with jabs. What's the matter with these guys? He got he got his he got the guy he knocked out and he they criticized me. They they was mad at me. Malik Scott, I used to spar with him, and they why didn't I don't know, man. He was mad at me because I just said that why'd you get somebody that you knocked out? And yeah. it just yeah. don't make no sense. You know, he, down, he, he got he Malik Scott like and he knocked Malik Scott out. At the, at the press conference for Fury Wilder three, he went down like a like a hot dog concession in a synagogue when he said to Deontay Wilder, Why are you hiring a guy to train you who who, who you knocked out in a round, you know? So you and he, Tim said to him, "Do you feel you've got enough experience to pick a trainer? Um, you know, maybe you should take some advice." And Deontay didn't really care for that remark. I remember that. Yeah. No. That was Tim. That was Tim's. And you know what, guys? Yeah, but you know what else? He still has them, and I'm watching him, and he's still doing basic stuff that a beginner do. He Dante Wilder has to work on his jab. See, now if his jab is phenomenal, his right hand is going to get in there all the time. And his defense. Mm -hmm. Get make sure his jab is just as good as his right hand. He's going to win the rest of his fights. But he's also going to have to do defense. It it really don't need that much, but they're Mm -hmm. acting like he do. He doesn't really need that much. Anthony Joshua doesn't need that much. A lot of those guys doesn't need, need that much. They in shape. All they need is a little, little basic stuff. It's a shame. And Dante Wilder walking with his hands like this in front of people. You see, champ, um, Mike, you see how Dante be holding his arms when he fight? That that is yeah. embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. How, what, he be holding one hand this way, one hand is all awkward. And I love yeah, these guys, man. I love them, and yeah. I wish I, I wish I could help them. I ain't got to be in the corner. Just correct yeah. some of the stuff that they doing. And and uh-huh. I really feel bad about Anthony. He still, he still looks the same. Um, yeah. What a big guy like that, down, ju- um, jumping back when his opponent comes to, and he'll step back. Sometimes you got to keep your ground and 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 stay there and slip. That looks beautiful and deliver your punch. But mm-hmm. each time that guy stepped to him, he went backwards. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, yeah. you gotta get that ground. You gotta gain that ground back again. And yeah. in your mind, once you go back about a couple of feet, you gotta come. You gotta think all over again to get and get there. Think of something else. But if you right there in front of him, make a miss, you can deliver the punches. But mm-hmm. in mentally, if you go back a couple of feet, you gotta start all over your plan. Stay yeah. there and slip. It's okay to step back sometimes, yeah. but don't do it all the time. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't think he's, he's obviously he shows signs of somebody that one has been 
traumatized by by a punch, but but I don't know if he he didn't show that earlier. He he got dropped by Klitschko and he got dropped by other guys, and there was no didn't seem to be any fear in his in his game. I, no, I wouldn't say fear, uh, hesitation. You know what I mean? Like he's unsure of himself. He's not afraid, but he's unsure of himself. And that's once you well, once you're unsure, that's interpreted as many different things. But if you if you're unsure, you're gonna hesitate. If you hesitate, you can't pull the trigger. If you can't pull the trigger, you're gonna lose every single time in boxing. That's that's, that's usually associated with age, isn't it? Like you're talking yeah, well, about. I was before. just about to say when fighters are old, they say you can't pull the trigger anymore. The opportunity's oh. gone. That's exactly it. But but when you're when you're unsure, the same thing as being old. Except maybe yeah. you could take it a little bit better, but you know, the same thing is so being old, old is 31. Old is 31. Oh, well, no, we're not saying he's old, but Michael's saying he's almost replicating the signs of old age with his mental hesitancy and the doubts he seems to be harboring. Yeah, you yeah. know, I think that's what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah he's got a he's well, got a lot of he's got a lot of doubt in his mind. He doesn't have that confidence in himself yet. And I don't and I think when he works with guys, there's something inside of him that, that knows he still isn't getting it. He's not here. And listen, it's the skills. It's the yeah. skills, the confidence that yeah. that jab could get in or that right hand, he could get that right hand. Or there's the confidence that's causing a lot of these boxers. If you don't be successful on a lot of those shots, um, you keep trying them, you keep trying them. They keep getting through. If they get through, you get that confidence. He doesn't really have confidence um, um, from the people he's with. He's just going through the motion. And this is what I'm saying. He's just going through the motions. I don't believe that he have a full, full confidence with somebody showing him stuff. He, when I saw him that little bit of footage, he's the same. He just got his hands closer to his body. That's all. I don't yeah. see that much of a difference. Yeah, yeah. There was no head movement. There was no. There's a lot more stuff he could do. Yeah, yeah. He don't yeah. slip. He don't yeah. slip. Throw punch. He don't slip this way. He don't block with his jab. Yeah. He doesn't block with his jab. I yeah. seen the jab. He, he don't even do this. He, yeah, yeah. Wait, let me turn it over. He don't do this and catch it. Yeah, he, he don't, don't catch, catch it or leave it there. Yeah, yeah. Huh, it's basic. It's basic. It's basic. Right? It's basic. Yeah. Catch yeah, it here. Man. Catch it here. And if the hook come, turn this way. Catch mm -hmm. it here. And you know, and he don't do stuff like that. It's a mm -hmm. shame, man. He said, Tim, I got my I got my team, Tim. I already knew that he didn't know what he was saying. I talked to him on the phone, um, and I said, "Yo, man," I said, "Yo, um, I can help you." I said, "I think I told him you ain't got to pay me. Just let me show you." And he said, "No." He said, "No T." He called me T. He said, "No yeah. T." Um, I got my team, and um, everything is okay. So I said, you know "Okay." He you T because he's from London. What's that? I said, you know he's from London. Isn't that right? Ben? Why? Why he say T? Because he's from London. That's going to be, you know what I mean? It was a term of endearment. It's, a, it's like, yeah. Well, it's wait like a minute. So, so wait a minute. Joe Frazier, wait a minute. So Joe Frazier called me Wooder because he can't say Witherspoon, huh? Now his, his agent told me, oh, I felt special. I felt special. Yeah. I said, man, yeah. Joe Frazier called me Wooder. I was like, yeah, 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 man. He called me Wooder. And then Joe his Frazier. agent said, yeah. Yeah, Joe Frazier. He said, his agent said, you know why he can't, know why he called you Wooder? Because yeah. he can't say Witherspoon. That's right. I, I thought yeah. it was special. I thought Joe I was special, man. Joe, Joe I'm going to the gym. And now I'm on and out. He 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What'd you <laughs> say? You thought it was an affectionate. You thought it was an no. affectionate shortening of the name. It was just literally. You couldn't manage the whole thing. I understand. Yeah, Joe Frazier came out to me one time. It was Michael fighting And he came out to me and he called me. He said, you look just like Joe Simon. Remember Joe Simon? He was, a, uh, I don't know, maybe Tim, you may know. He was American, Joe Simon. He had that, the power of Joe Simon. He had that album. He was a big, like, soul singer, crooner in the, yeah. in the 70s. Oh, Joe yeah. Simon. I think I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The power of Joe I Simon. I think I remember. Joe, Joe used to love singing, right? That was his thing. He was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Frazier in the <laughs> knockout. Yeah, he could play guitar yeah. a little bit, too. And he had. He had Duke Ellington play at his victory party after he beat Ali in the fight of the century. So, 71. Ben, you do an instrument too, right? Ben, don't you play an instrument and sing or something? Yeah, a little bit. I play guitar and stuff. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, he did. He, 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 he Johnny Rotten. Yeah, yeah. There was, I had that he, punk rock thing going on a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's good. He's good. I saw him. He's good. I saw you live. But you know... You know, um, I just really feel privileged meeting you guys, being a part of boxing. I thought that I was going to be a professional football player. I worked hard at it. And now I'm a celebrity and stuff. I still can't believe it. Uh, in a way, I'm humble. I'll I, I be around my kids. It's a privilege just to be friends with y'all guys and talking on the podcast, man. I didn't think yeah, I was really. going to. I just I just thought I was gonna be American football player maybe and, and stuff and, Raiders, and went right? a little bit further, man. I ain't complaining the, about the, nothing. For the Raiders, right? I ain't upset. Huh? Yeah. For the Raiders, right? You want to play for the Raiders. LA. No. No, Philadelphia Eagles, man. What? Philadelphia Eagles. It would have to be the Eagles. Come on. Even even I get that it would have to be that, and I know nothing about the American football landscape, <laughs> but I figured it's a Philadelphia team. Well, I only live ten minutes from the football field. I live yeah. ten minutes from the football field, um, and the baseball field. Um, you know, and in South Philly was something. We had Italians, we had the Irish, we had the Jewish. I was gonna, I was gonna tell Ben. I was gonna tell Ben that he. That if you thought Liverpool or was bad or some of the English football, you got to come to Philadelphia. They don't yeah. play. They got a jail in that, like underneath the stadium, right? You guys got. Yeah. Is it the Spectrum you guys got, or is it the Veterans Stadium? You guys had a, the Spectrum yeah. is where they play ice hockey and yeah. um, basketball. Yeah, but exactly. the Vet yeah. Stadium is the big one outside where they play American football. And they had um, and they had a jail there, right? They had a jail there and a judge and everything. Well, I didn't know they had a jail there. Maybe they had the police trouble. station, huh? Yeah. Oh, police. So station. they can arrest yeah. people who've been causing trouble at the at the game, yeah? Hooligans. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yo, because yeah, oh, yeah. they rally them. Them fans. Woo. Of all the league of the league, Ben Philadelphia is they they're the worst. Okay, that, that's interesting. <laughs> so they're a bit like the Millwall of America, yeah? They're basically the equivalent of Millwall football club. Who have a legendary <laughs> reputation for violence, but very little resume for high achievement. But 
South Philly consists of Italians, Irish. Um, then a lot of Hispanics moved in. Uh, there was Jewish. Um, Hispanics moved in, and then you had the uh, Asians, the the uh, the Vietnamese moved in. But in the very beginning, it was just um, Italian and Irish. I would go to school in the Irish neighborhood. We had to walk together, or else we would uh, be in trouble. Um, you know, you heard the N word all day long when I was little, because I'm older than y'all guys. Um, we would walk to school together, then come home together, and if you was by yourself, you had to run home. Um, and then when I went to ju junior high, that was in the Irish neighborhood and we, we, you know, we went there, but then when I went to high school, that was in the Italian neighborhood. That's where the mob was the Italian. We was in the Italian neighborhood and it was a great experience, man. I had, you know, I had experience with all different type of people. Uh, my first friend when I was little, if I can remember, was this white kid named Mike and he lived like two doors down in Winton street. And he bumped his head. We was playing and he bumped his head. And then I never seen him again. His mom stopped him from playing with me. But he bumped oh. his own head. He fell. But I, I'm a black kid and he's white. And so, yeah, so I never, I never, he never played with me again after that. And, and, and things. But yeah, but it was beautiful. Michael Ravello, my Italian friend, lived across the street. Toddy, my Irish friend, lived down the street. This is when yeah. racism was going heavy. And I had yeah. friends and my, my, my I have Jewish parents. When I got a little older, I was 18 and my brother, this Jewish lawyer would take me and my brother to the outside in the suburbs um, to these Jewish people. And she would kiss me. I was like a little kid and she kissed me. And I was like, this white lady kissed me. And I was like, all oh, white people ain't the same. I mean, it ain't like yeah. like some like violence and stuff. She kissed me. The they fed us. They would feed us. They would take us out to play sports. And I was like, ooh. I said, everything ain't like, you know, you, like in the neighborhood. You said she's your, your mom. I don't understand. Was she like... No, no. Her son, Peter Iskin, was my big brother. He took up for me one time. So he was oh. a counselor. And he would uh -huh. come into the neighborhood and, and um give up his time to help... Uh, you know, black kids that don't have nothing to do. He would come into the community center and and um and um help. So he picked two of the good kids that wasn't causing out of trouble. Me and my brother, and he would take us to the suburbs on the weekend. Why and that's when I learned that, yeah, things why, wasn't why, really. Why you? But Tim, why didn't you guys cause trouble? What was it about you two that didn't cause trouble? Because you're all the same in the same place, right? No, my mom, my mom, I, you know, um, racism and stuff. I didn't want to have nothing to do with that. Um, you talking about me being what nice or something? Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you didn't react the same way as a lot of other kids that grew up in, you know, you were, yeah, you I was aware of what was going on and not all white people were bad. Not all white yeah. people were bad. I had white friends that loved me and I loved them yeah. when I was little. Yeah. Um, and really at a young age, I knew that, I knew that not all white people didn't like blacks and not all black peoples didn't like, you know, the other way around at a young yeah, age. Because yeah. she would kiss us. Yeah. She would kiss us. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, Peter Iskin is mom. Then yeah. I went to Jewish camp in the summer. Uh -huh. They sent us to Jewish camp. And yeah. and um, 
He's a lawyer now in Ohio. He's a lawyer in Ohio. I haven't really been getting in touch with him. He was my big brother. He protected me. We was playing basketball. You know, we was playing football, and this big white guy knocked me down. And he was getting ready to do something. And Peter came over and, and defended me. I was like, he's like, yo, just get on out of here. And he's not a tough guy. You know, he's like an yeah. Ivy League, like a real smart guy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was like, okay. I look back. I look back at that. I said, whoa. I had he defended the the the, the heavyweight champ of the world. That's my yeah, man, right. Peter Iskin. So, yeah, so everybody in the neighborhood. Let me say this last thing. Yeah. Every I had a Buster Drayton and all of them was in my neighborhood, and it was bad. We were some tough people. He was the yeah. only white guy that could walk. And I'm talking about Peter Iskin was the only yeah. white guy to walk in our neighborhood late at night. Or any time yeah. when I was little, <laughs> and he walked in, everybody respect him. The baddest black dude let him walk through the neighborhood. That's that's that was really that was really cool, man. And I'm gonna get back with Peter. I haven't talked to him in a while, but I'm gonna get back with him and talk to him because he really opened my eyes up as a young man. Uh, my dad was there, but he wasn't all the time. Peter was like my big brother, man, and um, you know. That that's that's some of the stuff we need to have a couple more podcasts, but not sure. as long. Yeah, it's brilliant to connect with you again, Tim, and um, you can come back anytime. You're gonna we be, family um, anytime for sure. So um, we we're gonna be you know we're gonna be coming to you all the time, no doubt, no doubt, because there's so much more stuff to tap in that you know font of boxing information and cultural information that you have at uh, your uh, inside your head, you know. So um, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, Silk. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's always it's always good things talking with you, Ben, of course. Me and Mike be collaborating, just yeah. trying to stay busy and sharp. Anyway, we talk yeah. sometimes and go at meetings. We was just at the uh, – you going to the one in Long, in Long Island? You going up there? I will, not, I will not be there, but I saw you was – Okay. You going overseas? You going overseas? Yeah, I'm heading over to England pretty soon. I'm actually oh. going down south to North Carolina. I'm going to see my son first, and then we're going to be going. I'm going to be going to England. Uh, in my oh, mind, that I'm is beautiful. Carolina, but I'm not going there physically. <laughs> it's, where it's, where is that? Story. I said in my mind, I'm going to Carolina, but not going there physically anytime soon. <laughs> do, do you get that reference or not? No. Yeah. I'm, wouldn't it be finer than to be in Carolina in the morning? That one. It, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's Isn't that a song? song. Like, in my mind, I'm going to Carolina and. That's a song, you're always, yeah. You're always doing obscure musical references, so why can't I? He <laughs> got me what back. Always, always, hey, got just me remember, back. just remember this. Dylan Dylan White could have could have avoided those uppercuts. Anthony Joshua could have avoided some of the stuff that he went through. Uh Anthony Joshua, he you know, he can avoid it. Even Tyson Fury has a lot do a lot of things wrong, but he got a plenty of heart and he's got long arms and he's and he's ready to fight you. That's Tyson Fury. He makes a lot of mistakes that if I was fighting, I would know exactly how to capitalize on him. But he's got plenty of heart and he comes from a from from the gypsies. He has a lot behind him, support behind him and everything. And he's like a warrior. He's like a king. He's like a king and stuff, and he's got to, he has to live up to that. But I'm telling you, Anthony Joshua and Dante Wilder, they don't have to pay me. I can really help them guys. They get, I know I know I can get them to do it, man. I'm telling you. I know I can get him, Malik Scott, and them doing all this, this stuff that's not going to help them. 
They need yep. defense. Dante Wilder need a strong jab and defense. Yup. So just have me on again. Pick up the phone. And, Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, management team thereof, whoever, uh, in person, as you like it. Terrible Tim Witherspoon is offering to help. Where can you go wrong? <laughs> buy him. If you don't like it, don't buy him. Okay. Thanks, There guys. you go. Okay. Thank you, Mike. I, I guess I'll see you. I guess yeah, I'll see you or talk to you this week, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Stay you around, know, stay around Tim. We'll talk off the air. Let me just close it for the ladies and gentlemen. His podcast okay. coming to Spotify tomorrow or later. Keep punching. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.